Hi, this is Brent Barber, the founding director of the Bicycle Film Festival, and this is Resonance FM. Ride on until the break of dawn, because you don't stop. Uh-uh. Resonance 104.4 FM and it's The Bike Show. My name's Jack Thurston and on this week's very fully packed show um, ahead of the weekend's Christmas roller race down in Waterloo, we're going to be spilling the beans on what you need to do to win at roller racing and also we're going to be looking ahead to a new TV comedy drama series about police on bicycles. But before all of that, I want to give a very big plug to a bicycling film night that's coming up this Thursday evening. It's at the Rampart Social Centre off Commercial Road, London E1, um, up there, kind of Liverpool Street, um, Allgate East area, and it runs from 8pm to midnight. There are various bike films being screened and uh, discussions about the issues that are raised in them. Um, among the uh, films that they're going to show are The Humble Magnificent, um, which follows uh, a film following the uh, 2006 roadshow of Bicycology, which is the collective that's organising the film night. Um, we, and they last year they toured England teaching people how to fix their bikes and discussing the things that we can all do to help fix the planet. Um, another film is The Winking Circle, which is about a group of uh, teenagers in Uxbridge whose self-described mission is the eccentrification of the world. They are seeking refuge from the bland consumerist homogeneity of suburbia through towering art bikes, homemade videos, public art projects, wacky stunts and unbridled artistic self-expression. Um, and there's going to be a lot of other films going on there uh, that I haven't got time to mention. So it's free to get in, although donations are very much encouraged. And as I said, it's being organised by Bicycology, a cyclist collective uh, promoting cycling and making the links with wider issues of environmental and social responsibility. If that sounds a bit heavy or worthy, then it shouldn't, because I know that the people involved are all really sound and relaxed folk and up for having fun, so it should be a good night. I think there's going to be some kind of bicycle-powered sound system on hand, um, so definitely worth heading down to the Rampart Social Centre off 
Commercial Road. That's um, London E1. And um, uh, this Thursday evening. And it starts um, 8 o'clock and runs until midnight. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this coming Saturday we'll see the ninth edition of Rollerpalooza, the frenzied night of high-speed static bicycle racing that's developed into something quite massive since the bike show went down to Rollerpalooza 4 back in October 2005. And if you think uh, racing static bikes is about as exciting as going down to a spinning class at your local gym, then you're completely wrong. And it's really a testament to the power of uh, London's bicycle messengers and the wider urban bike culture scene that they've managed to turn something as lame as an exercise bike race into the exciting head-to-head gladiatorial contest of Rollerpalooza. So I am very keen that all listeners to The Bike Show should get some inside tips on how to win roller racing if they're thinking of taking part on Saturday. And so um, I asked Simon Jackson, who is the reigning champion um, at Rollerpalooza and two-time winner of the Rafa Palooza Open Tournament, if he would um, tell us what you need to do to win. And um, I began by asking him what it was that he especially enjoyed about roller racing. Normally when you cycle, I guess you kind of, you, you manage the way you expend your energy. You know, so cyclists will talk about going into the red when they're riding, you know, in a road race to catch a break or whatever. Um, and you limit the amount of time, you know, the, the amount of time you spend in the red. But when you're roller racing, you go into the red as quickly as you possibly can. Um, and, you know, and just maintain it pretty much. So, yeah, it's fairly intense. But, you know, it's a great opportunity to cycle without having to watch the road and, you know, just bust yourself up completely and and you know and it would seems to win the job normally well, one of the major advantages of roller racing has become very apparent this morning because we're down here at richmond park um, on a very gray rainy windy blustery november day and of course roller racing takes place basically in a pub doesn't it or pretty much generally yeah the the last raffle one was in a, a classic car club in old street and it was in a boxing ring but yeah that sort of environment it's it's reasonably relaxed people drink i normally maybe have one um but and there's you know music and that sort of stuff as well yeah so it's a bit of a social thing as well and it's yeah it's indoors which is nice so we're going to go for a spin around the park subject to uh, the weather conditions and the rain getting in the microphone and simon's going to explain um, the secrets of how to win at roller racing. Let's head out on our bikes. All right, that's it. Okay, Simon, you're going to start from the very beginning of getting on to that static bike at a roller race. What kind of preparations would you be making? Uh, take all the things out of your pockets, I suppose, before you get up there. Uh, tuck your laces in uh, to your shoe so that they don't flap around and catch in the chain if you have laces. Um, tie your trousers up as well uh, and that's pretty much it really I mean, you can adjust the seat yeah yeah when you get on the bike you know that someone will help you out and adjust the seat for you um, you don't actually have to be that accurate with the seat I normally say that going a bit lower than you think is a safer bet than higher why is so, that um, just because a lower saddle is a bit more conductive to you know very high cadence where you're not having to stretch down to the pedals too much and you kind of, to some extent, you lift your body weight off the saddle anyway, you know, when you're going particularly quickly. Um, toe clips, they have like a, just a normal toe clip on it. You can wear, if you've got road shoes with big cleats on, that's not really going to work because it's just a regular pedal. 
just wear like sort of flat soled commuting or mountain biking shoes, something like that. Um, and then you'll be lashed in as tight as you wish, normally really tightly. Again, it's kind of like the sort of uh, slalom skiers who lash their boots up so they've you know, got no blood in their feet, but it don't matter because it's only for a few seconds. Uh, and I normally find going slightly sort of toe in with your heel sort of a little bit out seems to help with the spin a little bit. There's a countdown and the gun goes. The gun goes, yeah. I and mean, it's the first few strokes, I guess, to get your rhythm. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I find that the, the bikes that they that use normally have drop handlebars. Um, I prefer riding on the drops generally. I find that if you take a good grip on the drops, then that first pedal stroke is much more powerful. You've got much more leverage, uh, and it does make a difference as well. Um, I mean, the final for Roller Palooza 8 that I won. Uh, was one just on that first pedal stroke where I just got a little bit on the guy and then and then we maintained that distance the whole way around. So that was the, the first stroke? Yeah, the first, the, well, maybe the first couple of pedal strokes, but just getting up to speed as quick as you possibly can. You know, you've only got 20 seconds, so you need to be spinning, you know, as fast as within, say, one, because um, I'm sure as damn it the other guy is going to be, you know? Get past the people, get past the hitmen! In order to, you know, they say the first half is, is a lot easier than the second half when it really starts to hurt. Um, a lot of people, I think, uh, their technique kind of goes a bit tatty because they're, they're starting to get tired. Uh, and it really makes a difference due to the, the mechanics of the machinery that they use, whereby, just to sort of briefly explain that, the rear wheel of the bike is set between two aluminium rollers. And that's connected with a, like a rotating cable, like a speedo to the, to the dial that shows both riders' progress. Um, and if you don't apply a continual power to that, um, it, it kind of, it, it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't go quick. You can see the needle slow down as people start to get a bit bouncy, not with the tyre leaving, but nonetheless disrupting the momentum. Um, so how do you maintain that momentum throughout the stroke? The way I do it is because I'm grabbed the drops, which everybody at first said was really weird. And, you know, Buffalo Bill, the, the MC, was always going on about, you know, the, the wrong position that I tended to adopt, which is basically grabbing hold of the drops in, like, a seriously hunched-over position, like some sort of distorted track sprinter. Um, but I find the benefits of that are that you, you're able to support some of your upper body weight onto the handlebars because they're closer and they're lower. 
So that takes a little bit of the weight off your hips, which helps with, you know, the real high cadence. Um, and then your body is in that sort of uh, tense, contorted position like a track cyclist. And that, again, that muscle tension provides you with, you know, a solid base from which to produce the power in a continual sort of smooth fashion. And so what sort of cadences are you getting up to? Uh, well, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I guess you could probably work it out if you knew what the gear size was. But, uh, I mean, I would guess probably about 200, something of that order. I mean, I can do about 210 uh, on, on free rollers. Um, but I think, yeah, probably race at about 190, 200, something of that order. And uh, so normally tooling around town, one is at about 90-something. Uh, like at, yeah, the, at the I high mean, end, probably. We're just kind of cruising along here. I guess I'm probably doing about 60. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've all, you know, I'm not a big kind of strong cyclist, and I never have been. So always, if I've, if I've been wanting to ride fast, I've just had to spin really, really quickly. And I find that, on the one hand, that suited me, and, I, and I've kind of developed that as well. <clears throat> and then discovered it lends itself well to roller racing. And so you're breathing? during the effort because you see sometimes you see these people doing like a hundred meter sprint and they don't appear to actually take a single breath in their hundred meter sprint like in athletics I'm talking like running not cycling here uh, yeah I'm not really sure I suppose things like your breathing just kind of happens I don't really think about that to be honest I just think about basically spinning circles you know making a round pedal stroke and and just thinking about how my feet are moving that's mainly what I focus on is is, is the movement of the feet uh, and that sort of keeps them in check and smooth. You know? And can you tell how well you're doing? I mean, the guy who's holding your bike, you know, there'll be like a dude in front of you who'll sort of brace it from the, from the rocking action. Um, he'll normally give you like an, the occasional heads up on, on whether you're catching or in the lead or how many, you know, when you've got 100 metres to go, say. Um, and you can, depending on the setup, look under your arm if you're in the position that I ride in. Um, sometimes I do. If I'm really going for it, then no, I won't. But like that race I did with the where I sort of got that lead in the first couple of seconds, I watched that one, which is how I knew that I did that. So clearly time is short for those who are preparing for their roller racing debut on the 15th of December. But in general terms, if someone was to be so inclined, how would they... Uh, prepare themselves as, in a sort of training way to do really, really well at roller racing. Uh, Although that's probably kind of against the spirit of the, of the, of the sport in a way to practice for it. You know. uh, yeah, I, I guess it probably is. I mean, I, you know, I, well, I suppose there's a line between practice and training, isn't there? You know, we all ride bikes, so we're all practicing. Um, I mean, I would probably suggest if you've got, uh, yeah, get out on your road bike um, and just spin as fast as you possibly can. You know, if you've got a fixie, send it down some hills and see what sort of speeds you can top up to. I mean, obviously, be careful. Uh, if, you've got, if you've got, like, sort of traditional free rollers at home, then practice doing sprints on those. Practicing sprints on those is probably quite useful um, because they're trickier than the rollers at Rollerpalooza. You know, they're like, you actually ride on them. The, the wheels are all working normally. So if you can sprint 200 on that, then you could do quite well in the roller thing. Um, it's just about teaching your legs to, to be accustomed to the speed. I mean, I always find that the qualifying, the, you know, the first ride you do when you go down, where it's just against the clock, um, hurts to, like none of the other races because you surprise your legs. So the first race is against the clock, and then it goes into sort of head-to-head -head elimination. 
Exactly, yeah. So they'll have uh, they'll have the sort of the, the, the racing head-to-head -head setup in one place, and then just a single uh, setup on its own. Um, and yeah, people will time you, and anyone can have a go. So you mentioned that you ride a fixed gear bike around town with quite a uh, low gear. Um, what gear is that? Uh, yeah, it's lowish. It's a forty-two sixteen. And yeah, it's just. I think the size of the chainring is useful. What you tend to find is people have either got quite large chainrings or quite small, and 42 to me is like bang in the middle. And on the one hand, it, it lends itself to spinning, you know, it provides sufficient resistance so you can keep tension on the chain. Uh, but then on the other hand, it doesn't provide so little tension like a big chainring would that it kind of does you any favours. So, yeah, I mean, don't go crazy low, but, you know, something... Uh, something a bit lower and just so you can get the practice with with the real high sort of high speed spinning well we just come round to the top of the hill of Richmond Park and you can probably hear we're a little bit out of breath from that modest effort now i suggest that on the descent here we have a test and uh it's what it feels like to go really really fast <laughs> on a on a fixed wheel bicycle going downhill because I guess that's probably the nearest equivalent to a simulation of a roller race. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, this hill we've got coming down now uh, is going to be ideal because what we're going to find is you'll... Is your, I mean, you've got a, what is that, like a 44... 46-17. Um, 46-17, right. So you'll probably still feel as though you're spinning out because this is Broomfield Hill, it's pretty steep. You know, as an experiment, what you want to concentrate on um, as you feel, you know, you start to get bouncy in the saddle concentrate on your feet and, and move them in circles concentrate and, as though it's your hand and you're spinning your hand in a circle just do the same thing with your feet um, and you'll improve your you'll improve the dexterity at those speeds and you should feel it become a little bit smoother just by changing what you're concentrating on um, and then yeah in roller racing that's pretty much what I tend to do and just maintain it and ignore the discomfort all right well I'll put the microphone away and let's see what happens Well, we just came down the very fast downhill section where I attempted to uh, match Simon's cadence, but he just sped off ahead of me. And um, yeah, it was hard to keep my hips from kind of bouncing up and down. And when they bounce up, to bounce up and down, then you essentially lose any rhythm you have. But what you're right about focusing on the pedals going in circles. And the image that came to my mind was the kind of two-handed winches that you have on the kind of America's Cup sailing yachts and you see those guys like kind of hand winching really fast. Uh, you think that's an accurate sort of image? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good analogy um, and I think the sort of further to that point is that um, 
the dexterity that you need to develop in your legs to go that quick you kind of already have with your arms and and if you look at the way you would approach that spinning the winch really fast and apply that to your legs and and teach your legs to do that uh, then yeah you might win some roller races I guess <laughs> well thanks for sharing your tips on how to win at roller racing and if you're not competing on the 15th uh, down at the Waterloo Action Centre who do you think is in with a shot for your crown of uh, Roller Palooza champion? I forget some of the names of some of the guys, but there's, uh, there's a couple of couriers who are pretty quick. Marcus is fast. Um, other than that, I mean, you know, it'd be nice to have a surprise winner, maybe. So, because anyone, you know, I mean, I'm not a full on racing cyclist, you don't have to be. You can, you know, just happen to be good at it and do well. So, hopefully, that'll be it. Well, that was Simon Jackson, and he is not competing to retain his crown um, for a uh, second time um, this weekend down at the Waterloo Action Centre on the corner of Waterloo Road and Bayliss Road, London South East One. Um, so it will be an open competition to see who will be the new uh, king and queen of roller racing. So um, see you down there. And you know what? I may even throw my own hat into the ring. I don't know. Find out on Saturday. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the Well, as you will know, if you're a regular listener to The Bike Show, we do from time to time talk about police on bicycles um, and the issues that that raises and whether it's a good thing or not and how they get on on the roads. Um, But police on bikes is to be the subject of a new uh, TV comedy drama uh, beginning uh, next year um, in January on ITV. And... um, it's like, yeah, the bill on bikes. And here with me to talk about um, the show is uh, Robert Collins, who writes about television for the Daily Telegraph newspaper. Uh, welcome to The Bike Show, Robert. Thank you very much. You've had a look at it. Is it, is it a good show? It is. It is. I, at the beginning, I was a little bit worried about um, how silly the jokes were going to be. But actually, it's a, there, it's a series of 90-minute uh, episodes and um, there's actually the drama's what really makes up for it actually. So it's it, but it's not as dark as the bill. No, 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 no. It's not even in the same uh, universe as that. And so what's the basic um, what's what's the basic subject and what, what you know? The premise is that a uh, South London uh, police division is told that they have to uh, have a a bicycle department now to look uh, trendy and on the streets. So they get all the cops who are kind of not very good at their jobs. To, um, as a punishment, they will have to be part of Bike Squad. So these are, these are the ones that are, <laughs> have done something to um, invoke the ire of Sarge, get sent on their bikes. Exactly, yeah. Or in this case, the chief inspector, uh, who's played by Phil Davis from Quadrophenia. And um, he to head up the Bike Squad, he gets um, Sergeant John Rook, who's played by Mark Addy, the uh, cuddly, chubby guy from Full Monty. And he's, a, he's separated from his wife and estranged from his daughter and has got a drink problem, and that's why he has to head up Bike Squad. Well, let's have a listen to a short clip from um, upcoming Bike Squad on um, ITV. Bike Squad, magnificent. Now, you'll deal with shoplifting, 
and traffic warden back up, and you'll be at the sharp end in the war against smoking ban infraction. Anything more serious, leave to a mobile response unit. But what about, you know, crime? Ah, leave crime to the real policeman. You have to go so fast. Fast? We got overtaken by a jogger back there. Well, that's a clip from Bike Squad on ITV in January. I mean, do you think this is a kind of program that's going to get people on their bikes? I mean, why did why did why did they choose to have police on bikes? I mean, there's enough police because uh... <laughs> they've got police on everything else. And in fact, actually, there's a um, one of the surprises of the show is that one of the characters actually isn't on a bike but on a huge white horse. She's a very posh uh, woman police constable who um, is, uh, works in the riot police. So there's a bit of class politics there, bike versus yes, horse. Yes, but it's handled very tastefully and everyone's friends in the end. So 90 minutes, I mean, do, you know, it, 90 minutes of comedy or there's a good storyline well, no, in there as well? Luckily, yeah, the comedy quickly gives way to the, uh, the subplots and people's backstories, which, and actually they're, sort of, they're surprisingly convincing and surprisingly dramatic. Um, but what's good about it's, it sort of reminded me of um, old fashioned cop shows where right from the beginning there's a, there's a baddie who's going to have to be got. And, uh, you know, are they going to be got in cop cars or by bike, perhaps? OK, so this is the this is the thing that the the uh, the seniors in the in the police station, you know, think that the bicycling police are just a bit of a joke. Exactly. They're the laughing stock. But of course, as as we know, a, a bike can be a very, very handy little piece of business around town or those alleyways. And uh, there's a nice night showdown inside a building where, of course, police cars cannot go. And yet bikes can. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I see bikes around um, on the streets of London. I mean, I've never seen any kind of um, arrest going on. It always seems to be just kind of uh, pootling about you know, keeping, <laughs> the, keeping the keeping the peace. Exactly. It often looks like they're just having a nice day off in their tight lycra shorts and police jackets. <laughs> so does the Telegraph do stars for its uh, for its TV previews? We don't, but shall we invent a system an right invent now? System. Yeah, go on so then. You know, out of five stars, between three and four. Three and a half. <laughs> okay. A generous three. Or seven out of ten. Yes, exactly. It is seven out of ten. Quite right. And so that's going to start in um, January. That starts in January next on year. January yeah. two thousand and eight. It's already happening. Yeah, on ITV. Well, thanks, Robert Collins, for coming in and, and giving much. us a preview of Bike Squad and to play us up to Guitar Man, which is on next. If you're listening on Monday, um, I'm not quite sure what's up next. If you're listening on the Saturday repeat, but we'll have the Deadly Treadleys who will be playing live at the Rollerpalooza. Um, nine uh, roller race this Saturday at the Waterloo Action Centre, and it's a track called Roller Race. <laughs> Get a 
Advantages on the right Speculation evolves into general consensus And the red bike is rolling, it's rolling faster tonight Tonight Taking drugs or a drunk beer is not allowed. <laughs> 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 